Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truths, in which we start a brand new study of the book of 2 Peter. Been looking forward to this for quite a while. Matter of fact, we uh, studied the book of 1 Peter. Uh, This may have been before some of you even joined the podcast, Uh, but if you'll go back in the archives to, oh, I think about May, June, back in 2020, so over two years ago, right in the middle of, or at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I did a study from the book of 1 Peter entitled Scattered. And the, the word came from the introduction of that book, where the Bible says that Peter wrote to the 12, not to the 12 tribes, but to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And these were regions located in modern-day Turkey. Uh, sometimes we call that region Asia Minor. And these were people that had been scattered because of their faith, uh, because of the persecution uh, among the Christian community and especially among the Jewish Christians. And Peter wrote them, had a heart for them, and talked about suffering. But very soon after he wrote the book of First Peter, he wrote the book of Second Peter. So this would be like in the 60s, the late 60s AD, when Christianity was just being pummeled uh, by the Roman Empire, especially uh, emperors like Nero that were pinning the economic woes and uh, of society on Christians. And they were receiving intense persecution because of it. Uh, this was during the time period in which the Apostle Paul uh, was executed. And it may be that Peter even wrote this epistle from Rome. We're not quite sure, but uh, wherever he wrote, we know that it was a time of intense persecution, First Peter, and then a time of false teaching, Second Peter. So the church was experiencing persecution from without. That's always uh, a a big enemy of the church, culture and just the intimidation of a world that does not know God and does not accept God. But then also the insidious false teaching that many times creeps from within. And the book of 2 Peter really deals with that, how to recognize doctrinal error, how important it is for us to to add to our faith. Uh, And we'll talk about that in in the coming episodes. But we've taken our title for this series from the last verse in the book. So 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says these words, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. So obviously we're saved by grace, you know that, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, but we are to grow in grace. A grace ought to be the operative principle in our life. So what is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor, which will give me both the desire and the ability to do God's will. Uh, The Bible says in the book of Philippians in chapter 2, it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's grace. The Bible says the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. 
And then it says in Titus chapter 2, teaching us, grace teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We just talked about this as we ended our study in the book of Revelation. So growing in grace. You know, the Bible says that we are to grow in the opportunities that God has given us. We're saved by grace. We are lit. We live by grace. But then the Bible says, and we're to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's a word that we're going to see over and over again, 15 times in this short little book, knowledge. Uh, This knowledge, not just knowledge about God in some kind of an academic way, but the epignosis, the full and complete experiential knowledge, knowing God, not just up here in our minds, but knowing God at the heart level, knowing him, relationally connecting, fellowship. We'll talk about all of that. So really excited about the book. I forgot to introduce my mug of the day. This is my uh, M mug. It stands for Maranatha. So our good friends up there at Maranatha Baptist University and my dear friend Don Uh, Donovan, who works there as the CFO, gave me this mug, so I love the mug and appreciate that. Well, here we are in 2 Peter chapter number 1, and we've got just a few minutes remaining today to get started, but let's jump right in. So 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 1, where the Bible says, Simon Peter, so remember Bible letters always had this formula, author, audience, greeting, body. That's just the way letters were written. Author, audience, so who is writing, to whom is he writing, and then a greeting, and then really what's the body of the letter? All of it's important. One of the first rules of hermeneutics, the science of Bible study and interpretation, is that we consider who is the human author, if we can ascertain that, and and who is the human audience. Why? Because we have to understand why was this written, to whom it was written. Not, not all the Bible was written to you, but all the Bible is written for you, and it's all profitable. So it's important that we understand this. So the Bible says here that this is Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. So think about how Simon Peter introduces himself to the people to whom he's writing. First of all, he gives his name as Simon Peter. Interesting. His given name was Simon. So when he was a little boy, no one called him Peter. Uh, When he was a teenager, no one called him Peter. They called him Simon. That was his name. Remember, Jesus, when he met Simon, Andrew had brought Peter to Jesus, John chapter 1. He said, I'm going to call you Peter. And that word was full of meaning because the word Peter meant a, a, a stone. In other words, I am the, 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 I am the ledge. I am the unmovable rock. Jesus talked about that in Matthew 16. But Peter, you're, you're like the stone. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you as a foundation stone. We saw that back in 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 that the apostles and prophets were like the foundation stones of the early church. So, I'm going to use you, Peter, in a significant way in the foundation of the church. And he did, right? We we see Peter throughout the ministry, public ministry of Jesus. We see Peter 
uh, there at Matthew 16 and, and most notably at the day of Pentecost. So certainly God did use him in these ways. But why Simon, Peter? Well, think about it. Simon, that, that's who I was. Peter, that's who I am in Christ. And I think it's important that all of us remember where we came from, who we were, and what God has made us to be, because that's who we are. We're really that, that amalgam, aren't we, of all of our experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and how God can work them all together for his good. I, I find it interesting that when Jesus reclaimed Peter in John chapter 21, remember that? Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He went back to his given name, Simon. Because that's his kind of like his boyhood name, a term of endearment. Uh, There in the upper room, uh, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that that he may sift you as wheat. I've prayed for thee, Simon. So it's a word of that's who I am. That's That's how I was raised. But God has a new identity for me. God has a new purpose for me. Uh, There's a new name, and that's you. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have your given name, but God wants to make you to be all that you can be in Him. His grace has more in store for you than you can imagine. And Peter saw himself in that context, didn't he? So Simon, Peter, and then he says, a servant and an apostle. And that word servant in our Old English simply means a bond slave, one that is like an indentured servant to, a gladly the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, a bond slave. What a strong word. Do, do you consider yourself to be a person whom Jesus has purchased out of the slave market of sin? And therefore, I am his servant. Whatever he says goes. I obey him the way that a bond slave would obey a master. That's the way Peter saw himself. Now, Peter could have given himself many accolades. He could have said the great preacher of Pentecost. He could have said that the leader of the apostle group. He could have said the church planter. He could have said the the one that introduced the gospel to the Gentile world. But Peter didn't speak of himself in accolades. He spoke of himself as the humble servant of God. That's the one whom God uses. Uh, God blesses humility. Uh, Peter, of all people, knew that. When Peter got lifted up in pride, that's when he was unusable. But as Peter humbled himself, as he learned the lessons, as he saw himself in the terms of what God could do with him, as he saw himself as a product of God's grace, then God used him in some great and mighty ways. And so Peter didn't forget that, did he? Simon Peter, a servant, bond slave, and an apostle of Jesus Christ. So an apostle, apostolos, is a sent one. Uh, like, a, like an emissary, like an ambassador. So Paul, Peter saw himself in terms of his servanthood. At Jesus taught that lesson, didn't he? Didn't he? Uh, washing the feet and the servant is the greatest of all. Peter never forgot that. But he also saw himself in terms of his mission. So one would be attitudinal, I'm a servant. And one would be aspirational, but I'm on mission. So I'm a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I know to whom I belong. I know whom whom I serve. Uh, Look at verse number one. So Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. 
So I'm writing to people that are saved like I am. I'm writing to people that have the same relationship with Jesus that I do. I'm writing to Jews and Gentiles. I'm writing to bond and free. I'm writing to male and female. I'm writing to I'm writing to to those that aren't apostles like I am. But we all have like precious faith. You know what makes us one in Christ? Uh, the commonality we have in Him. Uh, there's one God. There's one Lord Jesus. Uh, there's 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 one faith. One baptism. Uh, there's there's great unity in what we all claim to believe. Unity is shared belief as opposed to union, which is just, hey, let's put aside our beliefs and just get along for the sake of getting along. Union is always dangerous. Unity is always powerful. So Peter's writing to those of like precious faith. So this book, the book of Second Peter, is written to those that know Christ. And so it's meant for a saved audience. Those that have like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So what is salvation? Salvation is the gift righteousness that we receive from God through Christ. Now, there's no righteousness that I can earn. There's no good that I can do to merit God's favor. But we have faith in God. And because of our faith, there is imputed righteousness from God, the very righteousness of Christ, the one that fulfilled the law that I could not fulfill that met the the righteous demands of God that I could not meet, who became sin for us, so that in his taking my record, I then am gifted his record and his righteousness. So the, the book really just starts out on such a hopeful note, that we have faith in Christ. Because of that, we are righteous in him. God has a purpose for our life, a new identity for us in Christ in which we can grow and on and on. So I'm out of time for today, but we're going to jump right back in it uh, tomorrow. I appreciate you joining us. Looking forward to the entire series. Have a great day in the Lord. Uh, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.